everybody. Sorry I'm late. I was an immigrant from uh, Lithuania, I think. I came to Chicago to try and make my way in America and make my way for my family. But it turns out factory life and the Industrial Revolution is hell for uh, the working class in the jungle. My name is C.R. Rivas, and you're listening to This Film Has Not Yet Created, the podcast where we make our own versions of movie sequels that never got made. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Steve Grande. Hi, I'm S. Michael Grande, <laughs> and uh, uh, sorry I'm late, but I uh, I, uh, I just got to New York, the Five Points District, in 1862, and I'm going to avenge the death of my father from the hands of Billy the Butcher. I'm coming for you, Billy. <laughs> My name isn't Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) (laughs) This week we have a very special guest. He is an improviser, a a writer, a comedian, teacher in the Chicago area. You might have even seen him online as part of uh, other world theater companies, uh, improvised Dungeons and Dragons. Please welcome Mr. Bryce Reed. That's right. And you can call me B. Wheeler Reed uh, today, (laughs) of course. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah sorry i'm late guys i work at this museum and we recently got this artifact in and it turns out it grants wishes uh and things got a little out of control one of my co-workers wished to be a weird cheetah lady um <laughs> another of my co-workers wished to be the artifact and i thought he was going to turn to stone but instead it turns out he can just grant wishes and Anyway, it turned into a worldwide phenomenon. I don't know if you remember this. And uh, eventually, I had to have everyone renounce their wishes, even the people who wish for their kids not to have cancer. Wow. So anyway, sorry I'm late. Wow, sorry I'm late. man. That, that story uh, sounds good, but it could be better. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah the story has a few holes in it. Um, I'd say there's some parts of it that are stronger than others, but uh, it certainly didn't live up to the first story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bryce, how would you like to know? How would you like to know that uh, when your coworker transformed into a super sexy, powerful cat lady, she wished to be you? What? And that, that's how she sees you—that you are a sexy, powerful cat lady. Well, I am honored. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Something good came out. Yeah. Of wow. Of I, you know. It all started with a compliment, yeah. so I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Bryce, thank you so much for being with us this week. We are talking There Will Be Blood, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie from 2007, I want to say. Uh, yep. Bryce, tell us a little bit about why you chose There Will Be Blood. Uh, I just really love this movie. I probably watched it two or three times during quarantine, and I had seen it before that. Um, I love how Daniel Day-Lewis just makes a meal of this character. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's just so many quotable moments and he's, he's so ruthless. He's almost like the epitome of what capitalism is. If it's completely unfettered, it's all, all about like, uh, getting ahead at all costs with no other considerations whatsoever. And I, I find that fascinating because I am the opposite of that. Yeah. Like I sometimes wonder if there was a little more Daniel Plainview and a little less empathy in me if I would be more financially successful. Um, but I just can't murder people pretending to be my brother. So well, uh, it's just something I can't get around. But I love, you know, I love the music in it. It's so foreboding. Uh, Cinematography is great. Uh, I love the period. Uh, so that's why I picked it. I mean, it's a great choice. It's one of the best movies that we've covered on this show. 
And uh, in watching it in preparation for this uh, show, I watched it with Steve and and I looked at him and I was like, oh, I I understand it. You just you write a comedy and you take out all the funny parts and then you have a serious movie. (laughs) (laughs) Was this the first drama you've ever watched? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, Wow. Like there were so many parts watching it where where like I wanted to laugh. Um, I wanted that release. I wanted to laugh. And if the music had been more lighthearted instead of so intense and, and, and like in your face and foreboding, um, yeah, I probably would have had a good laugh at several points. But it's just, oh, good. Yeah. Getting, I, I caught a vibe of black box theater, like small, intimate, avant-garde kind of acting, right? And like... I, I when you say you you wanted to laugh at some scenes like totally the Paul Dano when he is oh, he's you know, just the taking worst. the devil yeah. out of that woman and and pushing <laughs> it out of the building like yeah. that the final scene where they're they're having their dialogue like I totally felt like I was in a black box theater in college watching the not not in college because those people are professional friggin actors yeah uh, but like just the the fact of like that kind of structure to your writing, that kind of like goal Mm -hmm. with the movie of like, I don't know. I just felt, I I felt it was real theater performancy at parts Um, uh, that lended that kind of acting. Cause, cause these actors are just fucking going for it. Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're both making a meal of it, chewing the scenery. It's great. I I love the scene where uh, he just the, tackles I, him in the mud and slaps his face a oh, bunch of times. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. And then go and then they go about their business. <laughs> it all Well, I so I wanted to say with that with that with with the slapping like I I saw that more of like yo, I'm this oil tycoon and I will not be messed with and like I could easily knock you the hell out and like drag your body through the mud, but no, I'm going to repeatedly slap you back and mm-hmm. forth. To, right. to assert my dominance yeah. it's so yeah. demeaning and like it's it so fits that character absolutely yeah you're just a child yeah to be you're just a boy uh so one one fun fact before we talk more about like specifically the movie is that uh paul dano was originally he in the movie he plays twins paul and eli um and originally he was only cast as the brother that reveals where the land is to daniel after they filmed that scene then they were like holy shit he's amazing let's change these brothers to be twins and we'll keep paul dano as as well isn't that incredible yeah i i didn't realize that until i was just reading up on it recently too uh and like can you imagine because that you know that first part he was originally supposed to have is so small yeah and and then they just upgraded him to like the second lead of the film that's the power you can have as a performer you know if that's true, what what was the ending supposed to be? Like he kills someone no, else. No, I think it's still I Eli. Think the character but it, was it, in it, it but... doesn't have the same effect because they weren't twins. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. He would be a different actor. Yeah. Here's here's I don't know if you knew this, but um uh Paul F. Tompkins is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he like a banker or something? <laughs> he's uh He's clean shaven, I think, which is why you don't recognize him. But he is in one of the early scenes where well, there Daniel's was only a, giving one his pitch to a allowed, town. You know. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. he, he, top, he couldn't be top mustache <laughs> in this film. 
But uh, yeah, he's in the scene where Daniel's giving his pitch and uh, everyone starts arguing and Daniel's like, never mind, I don't want your yeah. money. And he's like, no, please, sir, please. That's uh, Paul. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Paul F. Pumpkins. He's a lot the, of Paul's in this movie. The guy that chases them out onto the street. And yeah, he is clean shaven. And you never, because I just watched that before we started recording, but you never see the front of his face when he's on the street. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's super hard it's super easy to miss so for anybody who hasn't seen the movie uh first of all listen to, watch the movie before you listen to this show what are you doing but also um quick quick synopsis of it it's about a man who uh sort of is the embodiment of the turn of the century industrial tycoon and how and why and following that person and their journey to creating dominance in, in an industry or to just make a stake for themselves and, and make their way in the world and everything that they sacrifice along the way. And this character in particular that we follow Daniel Plainview, uh, I would be interested to hear your thoughts, Bryce, since you've watched it several times already in quarantine here. Um, this was my first time watching it since it came out in the theater. And it's it uh i identified with daniel a lot more and i felt like everything that he did not everything but most of the things that he did was coming from a place of trying to care for this child that he is thrust upon and uh that a lot of times he's just like terrified and doesn't know what to do and so the only thing he knows to do is to throw deeper into the world and he pushes those closest to him further away and and that really he's like a person to be pitied um not a person to be feared a, at all you know oh that's very interesting because i have a different take on him um i don't think he ever cared about that kid um i think he what he says at the end is he's like you were just a bastard in a basket and I used you, I needed a sweet face to help me buy land is what he says. Yeah. And that's what I think it was. Cause the second, the second the kid became more of a burden than a help to him, he ships him away. And he only, he only uh, brings him back because it's hurting his reputation in the oil world. Cause everyone's talking about how he abandoned his boy, you know? Oh, see, uh, that's, so he brings him back. I took it as, um, uh, so I, as he brought he brought the son back because, uh, got to him and he and he legitimately felt guilty about it and that's why he brought him back and that at the end when he's saying all those hurtful things it's coming from a place here because he doesn't want his son to go off and that's why he's being aggressive with him and saying now you're my competitor you're just an orphan all this stuff you never mattered you didn't matter you don't matter now is he still loves him and doesn't want to lose him and he's trying to say all these hurtful things so that the son will stick around and oh, that's he doesn't know better. He no, doesn't know I... <laughs> how to express yeah. himself. And that's just the best that he can do. Chris, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I also want to kind of throw back, and I know this is a little bit of a stretch, but like it's really sticking out in my mind of that first scene when he's digging by himself, he's drilling into that thing and he ends up falling and breaking his leg. Like we see that whole struggle of him trying to get out. And that was like the only time in the movie where he is completely alone from everybody else. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I kind of buy it more towards you, Chris, because like 
because we saw that experience, it's kind of, kind of like he's, uh, you, I buy the defense mechanism more than he just straight up. Yeah. And in terms of like, didn't, didn't care his selfishness, right? He wants his name to go on at a certain point. He's like, okay, I've got, I've got money. Now I want my name and my legacy to go on. I need this son to carry on my name. And when his son rejects him, it's like the ultimate thing. He's so fucked up. He doesn't know what to do. Let's kill Eli. <laughs> We've always wanted to. Let's just do it. <laughs> I, I just yeah. see it. I just see it like this guy is, you know, and this is, I, I think, something that really doesn't get talked about that, like, you know, so how people react when they have, when they know that now they're taking care of a kid and, and you know, then something traumatic happens that changes you know, they, there's some people that just straight up don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a crying shame that it, that, that happens, especially how it hurts the kid, you know? Um, but like, yeah, I just, I just kind of saw it like that, that this guy did not know. How Interesting. To yeah. Kid, yeah. You guys, you know, you guys have much kinder views of Daniel Blake <laughs> than I do. <laughs> well, I'm also, I just see him as out for himself from the beginning, he like all he wants is to win, 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 and he'll throw anyone under the bus to get there. That that's my interpretation. I'm, him, I'm also but. looking at him, uh, I guess through through the lens of like Eli, where Eli shows up and he's just an awful person. He's this evil, conniving, scheming um, shyster trying to sell people on you know religion and whatever else and. Uh, and Daniel sees right through him from the get-go. And uh, yeah, I'm totally on Daniel's side when he like hates this kid. Like the moment they meet, he's like, this <laughs> guy's a jerk. Um, he's also really That's creepy. Like they're, they're out there starting a fire or whatever. And he just walks up silently and drops wood immediately behind them. And it freaks them out and they turn and see him. But like, why not say hi? Uh, don't just creep yeah. up on people like that. What are you doing? Keep, keep in mind, though, like the first thing uh, Daniel does is try to cheat the family. <laughs> he tries to like buy the land saying it's for quail and that it's he's he tries to get a cheap price and doesn't want to cut them. Well, in sure. I mean, he's a businessman. You got to do what you got to do. No, I totally I totally agree. Like with uh, no, you you are completely right, Bryce, that like, yeah, he's trying to screw those people over. <laughs> And and he should get what's coming to him, but like for real, I really could stand him when when they were at that meeting and he's given the whole pitch, and then he's like, "Does anyone have any questions?" And then he's like, "Will the road go to the church?" Yeah. And it's like, okay, look, I get how important religious you know religious like places are in these communities. I understand that, but like, god damn it, like you, you made it seem like it was for it yourself. was for himself. It was all for greed. It, is, it, it was like not that. for the community yeah well think think about daniel and and uh paul or sorry eli um they're two sides of the same coin they want the same thing they both want power and influence over this small town and eli wants it through his church uh and and uh, uh daniel wants it through his oil rig so the two of them are competing that's why it's such a big deal that like he wants to bless the oil rig in front of all the people. Right. And then Daniel just pretends he forgot to do it because yep. he wants all the credits. So they're competing for the, 
attention. And I'm, I'm 100 on Daniel's town. side the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Team Daniel. Over yeah. Here. Uh, in fact, Team I Daniel. sort of saw him as a hero. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not just the protagonist, I, I but the my, hero, you know? Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I found myself halfway through. I was like, oh, my God, am I rooting for Mr. Burns? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. All you need is, like, a worse person to root for yeah. the bad person. Like, well, uh, yeah. And I could just imagine uh, Daniel Plainview as Mr. Burns. Excellent, you know? <laughs> he is towards the end, yeah. Yeah. Sir, the actors are here to audition for the part of you. Excellent. So that all in mind, uh, I have <laughs> written a, a sequel. We've all written ideas for a sequel to this movie. Um, and I'll tell you guys right now that uh, I, I went more silly with it. I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't try to take it super serious. <laughs> and, silly alert, silly <laughs> alert, yeah. surprise people. Um, Man, if they're fucking listening, uh, that's, that's know. fair. I guess that's <laughs> you're fair. not really gonna pitch this to Paul Thomas Anderson when we're done. <laughs> you know what? I will. Yeah, I think it could okay. work as a serious movie. Um, oh, cool, cool, cool. Basically, what I've done is I the of the story and I translated it. I kept the character of Daniel Plainview. He's still the same, um, and in fact, maybe he's the same Daniel Plainview. It's just like later on in life, and we have an unrealistic time jump, but. Uh, for the purposes of the thing, just whatever. It makes sense. Um, so if you guys want to pull up, there will be more blood. Oh. That is the name of my sequel. And um, I have it cast here. Bryce, you will be reading the role of Daniel. Excellent. And Steve, you will be reading every other character. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and I'll do all the, all the stage Sounds directions good. I have here. This is a trailer for There Will Be More Blood. Okay. Intense music starts. Are we? I'm sorry. Are we all ready? Are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready to go. Okay. 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 I'm yep. chopping at the bit. This music to build as we fade in on interior bowling alley room day. The end of the the end of there will be blood. Daniel alley Eli's body bleeding face down next to him. Daniel calls over his shoulder. I'm finished. Cut to title card. You thought he was done. Cut to exterior street day. We see feet walking down a 70s era street. The feet wear black platform shoes under brown corduroy flared pants. The camera slowly rises to the face of the person walking, and we see that it's Daniel Plainview. He still has the mustache, but now his hair is in a sweet perm, and he wears a black silk shirt <laughs> with a gold chain peeking underneath. Cut to title card. But he was just getting started. Cut to interior, town hall, night. Close up on Daniel. I've got places in Reno, Las Vegas, and Bakersfield. So when I tell you I'm a titty man, you can trust me. As Daniel speaks, we slowly pull out to reveal a woman with absurdly large breasts standing behind him. The frame cuts off at her neck and all we see are her massive cleavage. This is my wife and my business partner, B.B. Plainview. BB does a quick bounce. Cut to title card. He'll do whatever it takes. Interior, church, day. The intense music crescendos and drowns out the action. All we hear is the music. We see Arsenio Hall's preacher from coming to America giving a sermon. 
The camera follows him as he walks toward the camera, gesturing and waving his arms about. Title card. To get back on top. Interior library day. The music softens and we hear the dialogue as we see Daniel speaking to a woman with glasses and super long fingernails. They stand over a map and there are several maps scattered throughout the scene. Daniel scribbles in a pocketbook. 32nd? Yeah, that can be got. Can everything be bought? Daniel turns to look directly into woman's eyes, who looks right back. Cut to interior strip club night. Intense <laughs> music builds again and 70s strippers walk and dance around as we follow Daniel walking through the room like in Goodfellas. As Daniel passes the main stage, we stop following him and instead move to the neon sign above the stage. It reads, plain views, plain views. Cut to <laughs> dining room, night. Daniel and Preacher sit at a dinner table. On the table are several glasses, each empty save a few remnants of brown. Close up on Daniel looking intense. Back to the strip club night. Daniel and Preacher sit in a booth. A stripper dances on the table. Over the music, Daniel and Preacher yell to each other. This used to be a place of worship. It still is. Daniel places some cash into the stripper's G-string. Cut to montage. We see cars burning in the street. Daniel looking exhausted. Preacher smiling all creepily, pool cues breaking, DJs spinning records, etc. <laughs> Cut to <Yo>. strip club <laughs> night. Daniel sits in a the Daniel's head drunkenly follows the motion of the dancer's butt in circles. She calls to him over her shoulder. You like that, huh? My milkshake brings all the boys to the Daniel yard. looks up directly into the camera. One of his eyebrows rises as his expression turns to a devilish grin. <laughs> Title card. There will be more blood. Back out. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> he does seem more of a titty man and less of an ass man, does he? <laughs> I love that that he. Uh, it's also kind of like a comedy, yeah. You know, it's it's like any 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 freaking kind of comedy. It's like this summer, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, well, awesome. so now we have the comedy. Take out all the funny parts. Boom, serious drama. Gonna win. Gonna win. Win awards. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Does does he perform the implant surgeries himself? Is that where the blood comes from? <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> you also put it in the 70s, which yeah. makes him over 100 years well, old. Well, yeah. That's, that's why I said that it's not really... Don't worry about the time. Don't worry. It's a party, March. Uh. <laughs> it's a party. It's okay. okay. My pitch deals with uh, time travel as well. Okay. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I I just like the idea that he's going around instead of opening, he's opening up stripper or, uh, stripper clubs. <laughs> it's the modern it's, it's day oil boom, you know, or it was in the seventies. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the same director, right? So it's like a crossover with Boogie Nights. Exactly. Oh, nice. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead of California, it takes place in New York City. Boom. Sold. Uh... <laughs> he goes to New York City to get into porno films. <laughs> <laughs> he would be he would be some Love kind it. of porn magnate wouldn't he um oh i mean look at his mustache of course of course yeah and he's used to working could you he's used to working with lots of oils yeah. <laughs> could you imagine being being the guy in the scene and having that voice and he's like pizza delivery <laughs> At the end of the scene, he's just like, I've heard you have some busted pipes. I'm I've fi- come to fix them. <laughs> At the end of the scene, he's just like, I'm finished. <laughs> I've abandoned my scene. I drink your milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> this has taken quite the turn. Uh... <laughs> oh, filthy, filthy. The turn we all expect. It's no longer the good, clean family movie it once was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. And next time you'll get more than a dildo in the head. Stupid dildos. Don't blame the dildos. I did have one more idea I wanted to, to, to share with you guys. Um, this, mm-hmm. so obviously there will be blood. The last thing you want to do is make it completely lighthearted. But that was the first thought that came to my head. And I thought, what about a musical? What if we made the There Will Be Blood the musical? And uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to see if you guys uh, felt like improvising a couple quick tunes that have been the uh, the musical. I mean, such songs as I've Abandoned My Boy. <laughs> and Yeah, I, that's uh, so I see it definitely. Um, I don't have any lyrics for it, but like definitely that song is like introspective and sad. And I was kind of thinking like a doo-wop feel. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so, so it's like, I'll shoo up, I'll shoo up. So I was thinking like the key line in it is I'm done playing coy. I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> 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 I, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. The first one is like uh, I just like a really upbeat tune. Like when he comes into town, it's almost like the Music Man, uh-huh. like giving his pitch when he rolls into town. <laughs> and it, I don't know. It's something like uh, I'm an oil man. Yes, I am. I've come from across the land. I've come here to drill on your land and blow gold all over the place. I know that's not <laughs> doesn't rhyme, Fantastic. but like like a jaunty little tune. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to add on to that with like the townspeople being like, oil, I see machines that are in a big T. Oil, he's drilling it from sea to the shining sea. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> All the town like jumps in. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was thinking. Uh, in particular for like abandon my boy that it it had like a working on the railroad thing i've abandoned my boy oh, okay. on this oil farm <laughs> i've abandoned my boy look what he did to my arms i don't know um <laughs> and then there's a whole subplot about what he did to his arms yeah, yeah exactly 
He just got scratched <laughs> up and he was dead. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also a song <laughs> that uh, this will play really well on radio that is just like all for deaf people. And it's just in sign. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I, uh, I'm i trying to think of other kinds of songs that would be in this movie. Oh, anything. Um, yeah, like, like, I think definitely, like, it would be awesome to see in a Broadway play, like, all this music, but, like, you know, uh, a deaf person on stage doing doing the sign language like through the oh, song yeah. you know oh, see that's a much more wholesome way yeah, to take that it would be, that would be awesome um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, am hunting for some quail but I'm really yeah. prospecting ha <laughs> oh yeah uh, <laughs> the, the, the we're, we're hunting quail mm-hmm. together yeah. is like oh we're best buds <laughs> kind of thing yeah Andy Griffith's show yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're partners. Handshake like the overdue handshake. <laughs> I, I I think there'd like be a rock opera moment with uh, Eli being like, "Do you think God will forgive you for being stupid? God won't forgive you for being stupid." Pyrotechnics. And he's like, "Yeah," <laughs> he's just screaming at his family. Totally. Yes. Oh. This is really dumb. Uh, <laughs> the, Cancel the podcast. The Let's musical. go write this thing. Oh, oh, and of course, the big <laughs> hit, the big hit song is uh, "I Drink Your Milkshake," right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, dude, that's yeah. the finale. Yeah, that's oh, the well, and we finish. all know how that goes, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, say say that again. You you remember how how. Uh, the the I, I drink your milkshake song goes right. Yeah 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 I oh, oh I do I do. I mm. you here. I think it goes I think it goes a little something like this. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. I drink your milkshake. Even though it's in my neighbor's cup, I drink across the land, see, under the bendy tracks, and the people are lovely, no matter how badly I act. Ha! Yeah! Yes. Writes itself. It writes itself. It writes itself. See, I didn't want to... I didn't want to say. We all knew it. I got a whole bit. Yeah, I got a whole bit in mind about oh, the milkshake. Okay, okay. So I was trying well, please, to save it. Please, but yeah, no. That, well, now I don't want it after that masterpiece. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a song we all knew, and I sang it. Yeah, yeah. Of you course, could yeah, have easily yeah, enjoyed yeah, it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, uh, I'm not going to give you the title of mine uh, because my title is the the last line in of dialogue in the okay. in the piece. Um, all you have to know is that this is after the first one and he has a change of heart um, and and you'll see how he wants to live the rest of his years. Great. Okay. 
<clears throat> All right. So uh, with this, uh, Chris, you will be reading the uh, the screen directions, and Bryce, you will be doing the other two parts. Um, you'll you'll be townspeople. Uh, okay. So just use two different voices. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so Chris, whenever okay. you're ready. Interior town hall. The residents of a small town hall have gathered to hear a sales pitch from Daniel Plainview about a new business. A huddled hush comes over the crowd's low conversation as Daniel steps onto the stage. He looks toward the congregation and his speech. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all for gathering here to consider my latest venture. As you all know, I've made quite a name for myself over the past 30 years in the oil industry. For over three decades, I stood upon our Mother Earth, struck these righteous hands <laughs> into her belly, and took everything I could from her. Some may consider this cruel, but I saw it as the progression of evolution. Man creates, man conquers, man evolves. I am a man that has created and conquered all over this golden coast. And now, it is time for me to evolve. A few years have gone past since I've come to this conclusion. Upon my retirement, I grew vengeful of how I treated others and how those enemies laid suffering in my wake. I glared inward towards my soul, and through that reflection, I discovered what I wanted for the rest of my life. I am no longer an oil man. I am truly something I've always wanted to be. I am a bowling man. <laughs> now, you may be sitting there scoffing yeah. to yourself at the notion that a man with such an unyielding reserve could take great delight in games of fancy free. Well, <laughs> let me be the first to assure you that there is no doubt where my priorities lie. During every drill I took part in, while my face was affixed with an expression of determination and guile, I dreamt of a wooden paradise that sat with sounds of crashing pins and smells of sugary fried dough. Every scouting meeting where we were conflicted on how to handle the terrain, my mind was plagued with an even greater dilemma of a, that is achieving a split of seven and ten. Even as I was, even as I stand before you now in your modest attire, I see you all in fantastical, multicolored lounge blouses. Bowling is the way of the future, and I want you to come there with me. The series of alleys that I am proposing to build will be unlike the ones that you have ever seen. Over twenty lanes, where you and your party can experience the great game the way it was truly meant to be played. The days of walking to the end of the lane to retrieve your ball are simply over. My men are, are, have already arrived and have begun installing the retention machinery. Their sweat will now save yours tenfold for years to come. When you achieve perfection by striking down all the pins in one roll, one of my pin men will emerge from behind their station and dance a merry <laughs> jig in your favor. Truly a delight to see for both young and old. Now... <clears throat> I want to address the reputation that bowling alleys attract undesirables, and I want <laughs> to put that thinking to rest. When you are on my lanes, you can expect nothing less than a wholesome and a family-centered environment. I decree to you that under my watch, I will cast away any <laughs> lane lizards that try to curry favor with your sons or husbands. I will not stand for it. <laughs> And you don't have to stand for it either when you rest your backsides on our newly installed padded faux leather benches and chairs. 
These items of furniture are so comfortable, your skin will turn green with envy when you're sitting elsewhere. You may ask yourself, how is this different from any other bowling center? The difference is, none of them have a world-class snack bar like I do, and I'll (laughs) prove it to you. The door, the side door opens and rows of men holding trays carrying beverages and styrofoam cups. They begin to hand the drinks out to the townspeople. They begin to sip from their straws and cheerfully react to the delicious drink. Mm. These are my milkshakes. Made with the finest ingredients that were produced by the area's most reputable dairymen. A delicious concoction that is sure to sweeten any mood and melt away any worries troubling your mind. But we have one rule. You must waste none of it. You must drink it all up. I look into this crowd and I am elated to see that many of you are already doing that. I see that he drinks it up. That she drinks it up. They drink it up. We drink it up. Uh, I actually can't drink this. I'm lactose intolerant. (laughs) Then I drink it up. Drink it all up. Upon today's horizon will be an era of tremendous enjoyment upcoming for all of you. Nights of good-hearted yet savage battles that will take place between your friends and businesses upon my lanes of pine wood. We will serve you half-price apps weekday afternoons and then again every (laughs) night from 10 p.m. to close. Shrieks of jubilation will rain out from my bowling alley and then they will rain out again every Thursday night at our lounge for live band karaoke. (laughs) A list of over 500 songs from your favorite musicians and artists. In conclusion... This will be a place for good, hardworking people of this town to commit to the level of leisure they deserve. Now, does anyone have any questions? A Paul Dano type in dirty overalls steps forward to ask a question. He looks at Daniel with his dead eyes and slack-jawed mouth agape and says, Will there be cosmic bowling on weekend nights for teens? Oh, yes. There will be cosmic bowling. There will be merriment. There will be fun. Cut to black. The end. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bowling tycoon. (laughs) He's a bowling tycoon. Every bit is ruthless. Yeah, the second they showed (laughs) And they ended. They ended the movie on it. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> bowling and milkshakes. Like, he 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 just murdered Eli, and then he like looks at the bloody bowling pin in his hand. He goes, "Wait a second, yeah, yeah, well, yeah those <laughs> pins didn't have any life. red red stripes on them." So he picked up the bowling pin and saw the red on it and said, "Oh, of course." <laughs> <laughs> this is what I should have been doing this whole time. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Oil? What a fool I've been. The money money is teenagers playing Dance Dance Revolution. That's right. (laughs) I assume it's a combination bowling alley arcade. Oh, it has to be, right? Yeah. 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 I definitely Googled uh, what were arcade games in the 1920s (laughs) to see what would come up. Yeah. Is it just a bunch of pinball and coin games? Yeah. Well, this would have been like during or right after the depression too, after the crash. So this, uh, of course is attached to like a Mexican bar where you can get nachos and enjoy your bowling 
while you play uh yep. uh what are those called on the side in the ball the pinball the pinball, the pinball. <laughs> <laughs> one of them flapping things for those, things. For those of you at home with, who can't see chris was uh, making flapping motions with his hands <laughs> uh, much like a seal but we knew he meant pinball <laughs> Seals love pinball. It's their favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew that. <laughs> that deaf, dumb, and blind seal sure plays a mean pinball. <laughs> arf, arf. <laughs> arf, arf, arf. Man, when's that seal going to learn to talk? Something's wrong with that seal. <laughs> Let's take him to a prostitute, see if she can fix it. I better call Daniel Plainview. Get over to Plainview's Plainview. Ah, yes, the seal. I shall teach the seal to speak. <laughs> speak to me, boy. <laughs> I've abandoned my seal. <laughs> abandoned my seal. Is some oil under the ground? And it remains. And you say that I have abandoned my boy. But I did not. I sent him to a school to get better. And did you that when you're deaf, you can learn to sign and to read lips with your eyes? Baby! Baby! Baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's the musical you want yeah we got this completely wrong yeah. we just need to get a jukebox musical and make parodies to the yeah songs. we just need to <laughs> map it, it over the batman forever soundtrack yes. and we'll be great yes. the whole thing <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> excuse me i mean i think the undefeated soundtrack since 1995 totally fair uh, undefeated totally fair Oh, so much better too than like Batman Returns and face to face. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah. What was that? We, we don't have we to, don't get, have into to it. get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. After these messages, we'll be right back. Anyways, anyways, Steve, thank you for <laughs> leading us. <laughs> down that karaoke track uh i think that's that's gonna of be course. the every thursday night new... <laughs> oh bryce yeah i feel like he didn't pitch enough in this... <laughs> <laughs> like really really like layer in yeah. those pitches yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost there though yeah. like i feel like it's almost there <laughs> kill my fake <laughs> brother and yeah um <laughs> Well, fu fuck that guy, okay? <laughs> that guy, you know, when I saw him and he said that, I, the first words that just came into my mind was, she takes my body yep. when I'm deep. He was you totally know? right fuck to be guy. paranoid about all these people trying to steal his money because they all were. Um, yeah. And he did nothing wrong. Daniel Plainview did nothing wrong <laughs> listen a lot of people are talking about canceling dr uh daniel plain right now i just want to say he's an upstanding citizen he did nothing he wrong. did nothing wrong yeah he is a true american 
Thank God uh, I'm a true American. He fell down a well and broke his leg and climbed his way back For up. You what have you ever climbed yeah. your and way And he didn't even go to the hospital. He went to get his gold cashed in before <laughs> he even got his uh, leg fixed. That's right. <laughs> he went straight to turn in his gold. The man is a true American hero. And true an icon, And we should all strive to be more like the Rockefellers. I mean... Um, <laughs> Plain views, right, right, right. <laughs> the Rockefellers would never let people make a movie about them. <laughs> They're too rich and powerful. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Speaking of just like rich and powerful people and movies about them, uh, are we doing Foxcatcher next? I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, nobody wants. I am unfamiliar Steve with Carell that movie. Wrestling with people. Oh, you haven't seen uh, Foxcatcher, Bryce? No, no. It's about uh, like the last surviving member of the Dupont family, and he's this like crazy old <clears throat> man, and he's really into like, I think really he's really into like young men, but he starts a wrestling uh, to be like the first olympic wrestlers or something along those lines he wants them to train at his facility and be around him all the time and uh he ends up i forget how it ends but he he either murders someone or or himself or both by the end of the movie yeah yeah and it's just like this really terrifying tale of of crazy people in power (laughs) and nobody calls him out on it who who was who was the wrestler? It was Channing Tatum. That, was yeah. that Channing Tatum? Yeah. Was? Yeah. Dang. All I remember from that movie is them on a helicopter doing cocaine and Steve Carell. And, you know, at the time, Steve Carell is like hot off of doing The Office and being a comedy superstar. And now he's doing this weird, serious movie and he has all these like face prosthetics to change him. And then he's like trying to do cocaine in a plane like in a helicopter with <laughs> with this fake fucking face. Oh my it's, god! It's, yeesh. Uh, well, you've sold me. I'm gonna see uh, Foxcatcher now. Yeah, I mean, it's a good. It is a good drama. It's a well put together movie. I think it's worth watching. Um, it's just you got to know what you're getting in for. Sort of like there will be blood. You can't just watch it on a whim. Yeah. Right. Right. It's it's not a fall asleep to it movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I guess it could be. You don't mind. Yeah. Some you just have some weird things. dreams. Uh, yeah. Speaking of weird dreams, Bryce, why don't you take us through the weird dream that is your idea? All right. Uh, yeah, my se- for my sequel, I wrote like three short scenes from the film. Uh, my sequel is called There Is Blood. Okay, yes, uh, that's a perfect name. Obviously, there will be blood. By now, there is blood, yep. clearly. <laughs> um, so the first one predicted this. Um, is the third one called There Will Have Been Blood? Oh, uh, there's a teaser for the third one at the end <laughs> oh, of this nice. okay. script. So, um, but yeah, so if you could open There Is Blood, some scenes from a sequel to There Will Be Blood, <laughs> written by Bryce Reed. Um, I'll do the narration and I'll play Daniel Plainview. Um, Steve, if you could play the worker and the scientist. And Chris, if you could play Elon Musk and the NASA head. Gotcha. All right. You guys ready? Do it. Ready. Mm-hmm. Foreboding tonal violin music plays. Exterior shot of a modern oil refinery. We cut to the inside. A worker is operating a forklift. 
he accidentally backs it up into a shelf, knocking a drum of oil to the floor. The top bursts off the drum and oil pours out along with an oil-soaked figure. The figure begins coughing and trying to make his way to his feet. Holy shit! The worker leaps down from the forklift and runs to the figure's side. Sir, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm just fine. What were you doing inside of that oil drum? We now get a good glimpse of the figure's grinning, oil-slicked face. It's him, Daniel Plainview. I have been preserved by the blood of lamb. (laughs) Tell me, what year is it? Sir? The year, boy! Give me the year! Daniel be- uh, pulls the worker to the floor, straddles him, and begins slapping him in the face with his oily hands. <laughs> ah, ah, it's 2021! I've been preserved in oil for over 90 years. That means I've outlived my competitors. <laughs> who, yes. who are you? My name is Daniel Plainview. I'm an oil man. And if you stick with me, I'm going to blow gold all over this land. An oil man? With all due respect, Mr. Plainview, oil is on its way out. We're closing the refinery. Congress just passed the Green New Deal. It's going to be renewables now. Wind, solar. Solar. Then I shall drink the sun. I'll drink it up. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel falls into a coughing fit and tumbles off the worker. The foreboding tonal violin music swells. Next scene. Daniel is all cleaned up and sitting in a hospital bed. He looks around the room. This is tedious for him. A figure walks in, but we only see him from behind at first. Wow, you're really him. Yes. You're Daniel Plainview. Yes? You killed a preacher with a bowling pin. Allegedly. And now your poor lungs are all full of oil. Who are you? I just had to come by and pay my respects to one of my energy pioneer forefathers. The camera now shows us who it is. I'm Elon Musk. Well, hello, Elon. I take it you're one of these solar men. Solar men? Oh, I see. Well, I'm better known for SpaceX and Tesla, but yes, I'm invested in solar power. I'm calling it Solar City. We'll cover just a small corner of Arizona and solar panels, and that'll provide enough energy to power the entire United States. And you'll become rich. Well, I'm already the second richest man on Earth. Oh, only the second? Oh, poor Elon. (laughs) I've upset you. No, 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 no. Now is clearly a bad time. Never a bad time, Elon. Never a bad time for me to eat you alive. Right. Well, I'll be going. Oh, and Daniel... You're yesterday's news, just like all the other fossil fuels. Daniel smiles as Elon leaves the room. Once he's gone, Daniel's face shifts to a look of extreme rage. 
We cut to Daniel, now back in his 1920s clothing and hat, storming down the hallway of the hospital. He rips the hospital band off his wrist. He then stops at a sign that reads, Maternity Ward. Daniel ducks into the room and quickly emerges with a baby in his arms. He hides the baby under his coat and continues walking off screen. Another scene, several years later, Daniel stands inside NASA's mission control room, addressing a, a number of scientists. <laughs> a young boy, also dressed in 1920s clothing, stands next to him. My name is Daniel Plainview. I run a family company. This is my son, B.W. I'm a solar man, and when I tell you I'm a, so a sun man, you can rest assured that I know exactly where the sun is and how to get to it. And I can cut out the middleman. Middleman? What middleman? Daniel, this is NASA. We all know where the sun is. Laughter from the other scientists. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't need to actually go there to collect the sun's energy. Drain it! I want to drain it, James! I want to suck up the sun all through ourselves and roll around in the profits. Daniel... And I know just how to do it, too. I saw this documentary about oil drillers you sent to that asteroid to blow it up. Is he talking about Armageddon? <laughs> Daniel, even if we wanted to go ahead with this crazy plan, why would we send you, a dying man from a hundred years ago, with no knowledge of space travel? I'll tell you why. Because without me, Elon Musk is going to do it first. What you need is a ruthless, cutthroat capitalist like me at the helm of your operation. Elon thinks he's tough, but he's just a boy. Look at me. I stole oil out from under other people's land. I killed a man and hid his body in the forest. I... I abandoned my child. Wait, what was that last part? I abandoned my child. I'm sorry. I abandoned my boy! I abandoned my boy! I abandoned my boy! <coughs> Daniel falls to the ground, coughing up oil. Then, between coughs, <coughs> I'm <coughs> finished. The NASA head and scientist look on in shock for several seconds. Oil oozes out of Daniel's lifeless mouth. Bad. He's dead. No. The scientist holds up a space-age-looking drill. I can rebuild him. <laughs> we cut to black. The foreboding tonal violin music swells, and a caption reads, Daniel Plainville will return. Daniel Plainview will return in There Was Blood. The end. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh -oh. yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. This is the second one in the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Dude. We get a uh, third one. We get mechanical Daniel Plainview. Uh, <laughs> so it's there will be blood. There is blood. And there was blood are the three. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh him owning the mm -hmm. universe mm -hmm. <laughs> because he, oh, he he is really mr burns he didn't just block out the sun he, he, he slurped it yeah. up man gonna yeah. it. i i really do love too bryce uh you may not be aware of this but there is a recurring theme of armageddon on this show 
and oh really <laughs> and you totally played right into it i'd love it <laughs> oh god yep. I'm glad I was Keep totally aware of that. Like, and, I feel and, like we uh, can and, never and, do Armageddon on the show because of this bit that just keeps happening. <laughs> oh, we're going to. We're going to, and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, oh yeah, man. that was, yeah, was fantastic. Uh, that all three, one piece was him selling himself, <laughs> you know? I'm an oil man. I'm a sun man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bowling man. Yeah. I'm a titty man. <laughs> he just yeah. adapts. Yeah, he just adapts. He just like identifies with his profession. And depending on when he's alive, he finds where the profits are and goes for See? it. So he's a hero. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Glad you know what? All this is him. to say that you were right. <laughs> You're right. He's a great guy, a hero, and he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. Internet. Stop trying to cancel him, Gen Z. <laughs> I also like that he was like like you he took like a thing like green energy and made it like evil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like like it's supposed it's it's supposed yeah. to be like, oh well nobody can own the sun or the wind. We're you know, and it's gonna be great for everybody and no, oh, I'm going to drain the sun and yes. have it for myself. <laughs> if I can't have it, no one can. And he yeah, shoots dude, a rocket into it. <laughs> yeah. Your, your Dan, Daniel uh, Plainview was real tight. Oh, thank you. Like, thank you. <laughs> that impression yeah. was thank you. sick. Yeah, you do yeah watch good... it a few more times. You can get there, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll try. <laughs> you, you hear me, Daniel Day-Lewis? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Yeah, uh, Lewis. Brief moment. What a great actor. He really uh, he did a good job in this movie and in every movie I've ever seen him in. He does a good job. So good job, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He. Uh, yeah. It'd be weird to see him as like just like a small side character in a movie. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a, like a mo- movie from like early in his career where that happened, but like. He just yeah, I like, wonder. That would be interesting. So captivating <laughs> in the center of your attention always. <laughs> that would he played doing a cameo. One of the, what's that? <laughs> I was gonna say him doing like a cameo in like a twenty one jump street, like something completely off brand. Sure. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> he's even so he's just like a goon <laughs> fighting the ninja turtles or something, you know. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> All right, here's your grande mochaccino. <laughs> He's just the barista in some oh. scene. Well, bro, it's been an absolute ball. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I want to take this time and oh, ask yeah. you, do you have any upcoming projects that you'd like to plug? Or or uh, how can people follow you on social media if, if you want them to follow you on social media? Oh, sure. Um, so if you want to follow me on social media... Uh, I'm the Bryce Reed on both TikTok and Twitter, the Bryce Reed, uh, and on Instagram I'm Bryce1984. Um, like many people, a lot of my projects came to a screeching halt this year. Um, yeah. But if you want to watch me as Barnabas Starlight, uh, the White Knight uh, Paladin in Improvised Dungeons and Dragons, um, all that the previous shows are on YouTube, so you can check those out. And we're hoping to come back soon. And uh, yeah, and I also, <laughs> uh, on if you follow me on TikTok, I go on geocaching adventures. 
where I look for geocaches and document the uh, treasures I find along the way. I can vouch for this. I've That's never been into geocaching, but I've seen your TikToks. I've seen your geocache hunts, and they always look like so much fun. And just the idea that like you know the general area that there might be a treasure in, and you just... It's modern day treasure hunting is what it is. It's so cool. Yeah. Do you Thank you. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Let me ask you, do you do you uh is it always coordinates that you get or sometimes do you get like like a map and it's like okay, you look for this stump and then it's around there or whatever. Um it's usually coordinates but the coordinates aren't always the final destination. Uh depending on the type there's different types of caches, but sometimes sometimes you have to like solve um, a puzzle of some kind, uh, in order to get the actual coordinates, That's awesome. or sometimes you get, you get, you have to go to the coordinates to figure out, see something that's there that'll take you to the actual coordinates. Um, yeah. And sometimes there's like, like, like you have to decode things, but, um, the most basic version of a geocache is like a small container hidden somewhere and you use GPS coordinates to find it. And there may be an extra hint to help you find it there. Uh, and then if it's big enough, you can like put little things in there or take things out and sort of like trade small items. Uh, my geocaching name is Brycefoot, so I have little rubber Bigfoots that I leave behind. Um, nice. And then sometimes the geocache is so small, there's just a piece of paper and all you can do is sign the paper to prove you found it. What's your what's your but, favorite yeah, just, item so far that you've, that you've seen in a geocache? Oh, my favorite item? Um, well, it's, I've started collecting little alien nice. dolls out of, I don't know if it's the same person or if it's like, but I have a variety of little aliens and dinosaurs that I've pulled okay. out of various geocaches. Um, I could show them to you, but the, the audience at home won't be able to see them. Yeah, but. they won't be able to see them. <laughs> um, but uh, they're really cool little dolls. Oh, I, I also have an Etsy store too. I, I, I'm a bit of a treasure hunter in that I collect and uh, dig up old bottles. So if you want to check that out, I don't know how many... What, how much crossover there is between this podcast and people who like to buy old bottles. You never know, but if man. There is, there's going to be someone out there who's like preparing for a yeah. and they're shipwrecked and they need a bottles they can like, use. These bottles don't look the like tables. they belong on an island. <laughs> yeah, uh, so my Etsy <laughs> shop is Bryce's Bottles. So if, if you are that person, you know where to find me. Bryce's Bottles. Awesome, awesome. Bryce's yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Bryce. Uh we have a one super super big shout out to throw out uh, before we get out of here. That is to Miss Kira Redzinak, who does all of our episode art. Um, amazing artist. She is just doing it because she likes doing it, and uh, <laughs> it's if you haven't caught on yet, they are her own version of all these movie sequels. She doesn't hear us talk about it for the most part. Um, she just knows what movie we're doing and gives her pitch in poster form. And unfortunately, oh, wow. we don't get to see them until the episode's about to go up. Um, otherwise, we would we would talk. But let's just let's just take a moment to appreciate the one that she did for There Will Be Blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. I can't believe she I'm did sure that with the mustache. Oh it, my god! It looks great. Uh, no, Kira's fantastic, and like I really, we really appreciate her coming on, and you know, kind of being the uh, the fourth guest mm -hmm. every week, you know, and giving her own thing. Um, oh, no, go for it. Go oh, for it. Sorry, go on. Oh, I just wanted to say I, w I meant to do this during my pitch, but I was just hoping that we could just 
you can give me your best one. So uh, if you could think about it right now, I want to do, can you give me your best oil man names? Mm. Like like people that are oil tycoons. So while you think of ones, I I came up with uh, Thaddeus J. Knucklebocker, (laughs) um, Y.K. Livingston, Brent Bully Littlefield, Buford Jasper St. Clair <laughs> and oily, oily big uh-huh. oil face. Yeah, well, that's the that's the pinnacle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Lusterfield Boltsnap. <laughs> R. L. Stein. <laughs> I wrote all these books Perfect. and then gave it up to be an oil man. <laughs> Well, that's why they, the books have all that oil dripping off of the title. Oh, I thought that was <laughs> monster blood. Oil. <laughs> uh, and then one one announcement real quick for our audience is uh, check us out on social media, on Instagram, Facebook. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we are going to be coming to you for suggestions of movies. More ways that we can interact with you and, and uh, you know, have a good time together. We're, we're in the process of uh, looking at Patreon, so maybe that'll be an avenue that we can actually collaborate with you, our listeners, on uh, putting the show out. So, yeah, I I, I want to throw one out there right now that like if you're on a social media or if you like try to contact us, you know, like. Just the idea of if you see the movie that we're doing that week and you want to comment, like, what's your elevator pitch of the of the sequel? We'd love to read them, read them online. Oh, so yeah. Just kind of stuff like it's that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, That's great. Awesome. So, I mean, we, we've been recording this for as long as there will be blood takes to watch. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, this has been an absolute blast. I love all of our takes on on it. And Bryce, thank you so much for coming and sharing your your goofy your goofy smile with us. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you uh, to both of you for inviting me on and letting me uh, share my love for this movie and letting me do my fa- one of my favorite impressions. So, yeah, thank you. Love it. We we will have to <laughs> do it. something again in the future. Um, but for now, I really I got to get going because. Uh, well, I mean, you guys already know, but I am a porn star in the 1970s, and uh, my life has been a crazy <laughs> ride of drugs and rock, and it might come tumbling down soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to uh, run, I'm too. A... I uh, the, Me and my superhero friends, we saved the world a few years ago, but people didn't really like how we saved it, so... My friend uh, Zack Snyder is going to help us to save the world in a better way. Uh, so I got to go meet with him and, and work it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> good luck. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I got to run. Uh, if you went crazy over my right foot, just wait till you see my left foot. <laughs> Do you even know what that movie's about? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs>